and you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. If you want to ask me why, or how I can live with all the lies, I couldn't even really tell you. Can my schools but now they're open wide, the guilt is killing me inside, didn't know I had so many Hey everyone, it's April, it's Thursday, April 7th actually, welcome to the Collabcast, that was a brand new track from Collaboration SF alum Jane Real. Damn Jane, I was feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just skipped three days ahead, I think it's the fourth now. No, yeah. no, no, we're releasing this oh, today. Oh, so I'm not when, supposed to even say that. No, so today to is Thursday. Pulling back, <laughs> we're, we're opening up the, what was it, peeling back the curtains. Oh. Yes. So, so what's happening is that I just ruined the curtain, Paul. <laughs> we no, just that's jump fine. forward. It's we fine. We just travel in time. That's all. Beautiful. I'm your host, right. Marvin Yue. With me, as always, is my co-host, Christine Minji Chang. Good afternoon or morning or night. And joining us, yeah, just cover all the bases. It's yes. fine. Just <laughs> yes. make this thing evergreen, yeah. as Forever. the marketing people call it. And joining us this week, all the way from the great white north. Canada! <laughs> da, 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 da. City of Toronto, my, my city of birth. Mm, really? Is our friend... Anto Chan. Mm, that's me. What's up, guys? Also known as Confucius. <laughs> so honored to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited. This is nice production. Everybody's chill. We're having a little bit of drinks. We're just hanging out. Your hot water? Yeah, hot water. <laughs> My coffee. It always sounds cooler when I say drinks, though, it doesn't. We're get, I know, I know. We're getting Everyone's what like, the kids call that, <laughs> turn it up. <laughs> we're getting we are tur- having good fleek times right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. being turned <laughs> on coffee. Okay, we must stop. Stop it. <laughs> you need to cut him off. Yeah, that, right? exactly. That's my job. It's like, can yeah. we? No. <laughs> I am lit. Stop. <laughs> oh, God. How far can you go? I love it. <laughs> How are you liking LA? Oh, I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah, the sunshine, I think, puts a smile on people's faces for a reason, you know? Yeah. It's been really nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, we, can't, we can't do this. We can't do weather talk. Oh, no? Well, he's okay. from Canada. I think, I think it's totally appropriate, but uh-huh. whatever. That's, we can move on. It's all good, but I yeah, am no, that excited I'm glad about... that you're here. No, it's yeah. really perfect timing. And so it was a, uh, well, the last host of uh, Collaboration Toronto mm. um, back in 20, it was a while ago. Back in 2013. Days. 2013, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and I've aged yeah. horribly since then, but yes. <laughs> not a day. You not your hair. You got rid of your man bun. Oh, I see it. What are you saying? I did not look at the back of his head when it came into the I would never. seriously long. I would never get rid of it. You were rocking that before it was a thing now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I've sorry. gotten that a couple of times. People are like, yo, you had that before. It was cool. And I was just like, maybe I made it cool. Who knows? Hi, hipster before. Well, we all know that Can- Canadians are the real trendsetters. Are they? Yep. That was Japan, but okay, Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, we get it before you do. So then we brought it from I, Japan. Probably. I would like a diagram of this migratory fashion process of trends because <laughs> apparently it just like jumps over. Yeah, yeah. It's the largest border we share with a neighboring country. Mm-hmm. Way larger than the other, other one that we want to build a wall with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we? Are, are you like very down for this wall? That no. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You said as, we. As, as the royal we're talking we. walls. We're going to get into some murky <laughs> territory here. I'm going to get mad. <laughs> Each and every week, we start out the podcast with a quick roundtable discussion talking about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture or Asian American issues or topics. Issues mm-hmm. sounds really like bad. Trey mm-hmm. serious. Asian Americans not that we issues. Not that we shy away from anything serious. It's just we don't want to imply that we're going to get negative. Yeah. <laughs> what are your issues? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's start with Anza. What are your issues? Oh, my Sorry. God. <laughs> no. uh, What's well, on your mind? I was the middle child and my mom uh, <laughs> skewed me. Lo- no. <laughs> Just immediately goes to family I don't know what that's and... like. I'm, I'm the oldest oh, yeah. of two. So. Oh, okay. Of so two, you, you're yeah. totally oldest. You were the boss, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we had the same thing. I was the, the middle one. So I was the second one. But then my sister accidentally came. Um, and, <laughs> I have a baby brother. Yeah. You have a baby brother? Yeah. yeah. Ten years younger. Oh, my goodness. That was not expected. Yeah. Yeah. Nine <laughs> years for my sister. So Wow. <laughs> so you're like mini dad yeah yeah well you know not really <laughs> or like mini uncle yeah you but wrote- it, like you were talking about just roundtable stuff I, uh, I just got back from uh, traveling asia i did like um a three city tour nice uh, we're in asia uh, so i started off in um singapore then i went over to the philippines 
and then um, ended up in Bangkok. So nice, yeah, very just, nice. Uh, yeah, it was uh, with the comedy festival. It was pretty sick. Um, yeah. What was uh, the name of the comedy? Mag- Magner's Comedy Festival. So after the drink. Um, they sponsored the whole tour, and yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah, cool. I've actually I've been to Singapore. I haven't been to Bangkok mm-hmm. or the Philippines yet. My, I have family in Bangkok, though. Yeah, so it dep- should, depends on really nasty go. you want to get. I guess each, <laughs> each place has a different nasty level. You know, yeah. we discussed this before recording. We're like, well, how far can we go? <laughs> but um, I've never been to any of those. But I've heard so much about. Each of those each places. Each one, yeah. It's very different. Really Every different, Every spot right? is very different. Yeah, I would yeah. say for sure. Which one's yeah. your favorite? Me, uh, just because of my uh, personal um, craziness, I really like Bangkok, to be mm. honest. I, I, and just the shows that I get to do there, they love comedy so much. They get so excited when you get there. And y- they let you explore a little bit, do a little bit of like, crazier stuff. Just don't talk about the king. That's like the whole thing don't mention anything about the royal family during oh, your sets oh. or anything yeah, okay. yeah so it is a, yeah you didn't even bring it up so but i'm just saying like over there yeah. it's like this weird like just a like, media yeah, like do yeah. anything you want my back and, like, straightened all of yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and it's and I'm, like yeah. about to bow and it was so crazy too because you're going on the streets and you see all this like inappropriate stuff going on all the time around bangkok and stuff and then somebody mentions the king they're like whoa that's what you're not allowed to do and you're like oh <laughs> don't go there yeah yeah wow, that's right that's, that's right mm-hmm. that's yeah how is um how is performing comedy in Asia? That's well, what I was wondering, like hmm. language-wise yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think at first um, the tour that I did was purely English, right? Because it's all mm-hmm. for expats. So okay. everybody who's been traveling around and then all these people who are going to bars and stuff, we are entering in and then doing our shows. But on the other side, when I was in Hong Kong uh, living there, I actually did a show, um, multiple shows actually. There was like the Cantonese open mic. And man, that was tough. That was like doing comedy for my aunts, you know, who who clearly <laughs> dislike me. You know what I mean? The ones that like always judge you secretly behind your back, and when you see them, yeah. like, oh hi, those ones. That's what it was like performing for Cantonese them. It was well, because well, also so like, hard, I feel like, like Asian comedy is so different than hmm. Western comedy. It's, yeah. it's a big reason why comedies don't really play. Like movies don't really play in Asia. Uh-huh. Right? They bring over other action movies because everyone understands explosions uh-huh. yes. and, and romance shooting. and things like that. <laughs> Imagine even, someone didn't get it. They're like, I don't get why that's cool. You know? <laughs> but I see what you mean. Like the yeah. comedy style, they don't have the same humor, I would say. it's uh, There's a lot of physicality humor that I, I noticed in Japan when I yeah. was in Japan and stuff. So. Oh, I with mean, all their, like, uh, their variety shows and like their... Yes. Those a lot of physical hit. comedy and a lot of they really like their stand their stand up is very much the the vaudeville like duel like mm-hmm. straight man yeah like, I saw that yeah and, and like goofball uh-huh. kind of thing like mm-hmm. they really love that stuff yeah yeah it's like lot. me and you I guess yeah I guess who's <laughs> <laughs> a straight man Abbott and Costello <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> who's on first <laughs> I, I I can't that's that's what I, so I'm going to Korea at the end of mm. this month first time in eleven years and I'm actually really curious because. In the last decade, I haven't really gotten into the Korean culture in terms of K-pop, mm-hmm. which is obviously like the music and um, all the variety shows. Like my friends are really huge fans of Running mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And there's all these shows that are all the rage, not only for my parents. My parents love it, too. But mm-hmm. like friends of mine, my peers all watch it. And it's just not I watched it and I was like, this is entertaining Mm -hmm. but it wasn't something that jived with me personally where i was like i want to watch this for six hours straight which some of my friends do Mm -hmm. so it's really different like i'm I'm just so curious how that translates like does it what a joke that you and you're canadian too and even with canadians versus like american humor i mean most american most american humor comes from canada oh canadians right right? most of our comedians that's a big statement you're gonna go there i love that though that's that's, uh, there's a lot of it that has actually influenced canada was a big like Canada's that, but huge I mean, for improv. Like a yeah. lot of like a lot of SNL people, like the, from like the golden years, were Canadian. Yes, I had no were, idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, that and because I love British humor, so uh-huh. I'm like one, and I've never seen British stand up. Well, no, that's not true. But in general, like it's such a different way of delivery. Definitely, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I and wanna... I think comedy in itself, though, you could see the trends that are happening inside of that, and that is influencing not just of comedy, but movies. But then also, it influences all styles of stuff, like how we capture people's attention. It's like more physical, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that um, a lot of stuff is more dialogue based now because right. like the comedy writing is kind of changing the game too. If you watch like a lot of um, action movies now, you see like all the Marvel movies, they throw in like humor into all that stuff too because they want to round it off a lot more everything is more like rounded now you're watching something and you're like wow this is supposed to be a romance movie but somehow there's like explosions you're like what well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that before marvel does a really good job of Where making like making comic book movies but through other genres mm-hmm. like like heist movies and romance movies like deadpool was a romance movie yeah deadpool was, by yeah. the way ryan reynolds also canadian mm-hmm. yes he is oh ryan <laughs> 
We all I mean, just had a moment. Good. Yeah, we're, we're like, going to oh. wear like a, it's going to be a shirt with like <laughs> yeah. a maple leaf and then but, but Ryan's I, face on it. Yeah. I'll you, buy that shirt. We should just pretend you're already wearing it. Since okay. We're, since we're pretending, right? The, we're wearing a white shirt, so we'll just superimpose it. <laughs> yeah. But I also was thinking like the idea of actually traveling to do um, different styles of performance in Asia, I think it brings a different element of it because they are so excited about Americanized or North Americanized um pop culture in general right. so if we are able to actually infiltrate with collaboration in that sense imagine actually bringing <laughs> one of these yeah that's the way we're doing it right we're busting through right so yeah. i think that that idea is actually something to even ponder i guess in that in that element because what it is is that it's bringing something that's special from america and everybody's so excited about what it is that's going on over here when we went over there we were celebrated like celebrities like everywhere we went and, and we're not like i'm not huge he's uh, like anything, making it right? rain so, yeah. i'm like <laughs> imagining all this yeah it's it's Asian not even <laughs> and I think there's, you know, not to bring this down, and I'm not really, really equipped with the language to deal with this, but then you go into like issues like colonization and like the cultural like imperialism of Western media, right? And all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, wh- why is it that they almost worship or like are really into Western culture? Why is it that everybody's, you know, getting so yeah. excited about K pop though, right? Like, yeah, it's just exactly. whatever is exciting. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about entertainment to the highest level. It's not even about like exactly where you're from or not. It's like we are of Asian descent. We are visiting our motherlands and bringing them what we have created from Which our is birth. really yeah. unique and different. Exactly, right? That's yeah. funny. Last week we had Dante Bosco on um, as our guest and he was talking about like he's he's done a lot of traveling and, and recognizing the westernization of the rest of mm-hmm. the world. It's – you should listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's such – and I – and I'm really – I'm on both pages because I'm learning so much and I feel like that's going to be an interesting perspective to take with me when I go to mm-hmm. Asia this month. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious how I'm going to react. <laughs> well, I think there's value to both. Though. Right, I'm not, right. I'm not saying Because like, I think that even when we were there, we had people from the local cities on the shows and that was really hi- highlights as well. That was right? so, so fun. Yeah, you're kind of... Uh, actually connecting the two worlds and and what would happen is that down the road yeah whenever people are traveling from their countries over here to america they probably dreamt of one day performing and like i've always dreamt of coming to la and performing here as well so it's like there is something special about um the u.s and even if it is the it ends up seeming like we're just trying to take over certain places that's not the the main intention if we go in with the good intention that we're actually sharing the stage with these people i think that that's what we should be aiming for uh even though if it at first it seems like we're just busting down and be like usa (laughs) (laughs) you know like Like yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah yeah there's there's been a lot of just really a lot of nuanced conversations going on even the last few weeks about just appropriation Mm. and things like when is it okay when is it not so okay when is it like when should you call it out Right. When right. is it actually appropriation? When is it just, you know, I think you like, should yeah. always be able to have a conversation about it. Like right now, you bringing up the conversation you had previously about this. It made me re- like rethink in the moment the, the specific way in which the best way to go about it is. And I think that yeah. if you could constantly have that conversation, that's what it's always like. It's like yeah. when you're with people who are not of Asian descent and then they make a joke that's like clearly offensive to like Asian people and then you can have that conversation or not in yeah. that moment. Every moment is different. You either have to have it in that moment. It feels right. Or you're like, <laughs> I got to wait until a different time to bring this up. Right. right, but, right or like right. when yeah. a friend wears or like when a star pop star wears a kimono for no reason, but to be a costume mm-hmm. and stuff. But it wasn't a kimono. <laughs> 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 I have a specific celebrity in mind. It wasn't a kimono. Yeah. It was like a random hodgepodge <laughs> nightmare. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to, uh, Minji, what's on your mind this week? So it's totally random, and I just this is the first thing that popped into my head because it's going to be are we going thing. to hippy tippy land right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to go there. That was a sigh, Casey. Just so long. Obviously, we knew that was a sigh. I deal with your Marvin after dark voice, so you're going to have to deal with this. But everyone loves the Marvin after dark voice. No, they don't. So they don't stop it. Hey, it's not weak. Um. First thing I read. The most fleek Shut up. thing in the world. <laughs> Stop. There was uh, the first one of the first emails because you know I'm totally one of those people. Wake up and I'm in bed and I get on my phone because mm-hmm. you know that's what you have to do upon waking up. And one of the first emails was like, uh, "This week's gonna is a horoscope email," and it was saying like, "Oh, your week's gonna be rocky. Mercury's in retrograde." And I was like, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> but it's so weird because I've had multiple conversations, you know, with friends and with with boyfriends in the past and like how much people buy into this stuff. And I'm I'm just very observant and I'm 
I've seen so much to to tell it me that it, it does affect. Yes, it does. <laughs> Like, as, as, a like, boyfriend, as a boyfriend of someone who very much believes this stuff, it affects everything. Whether it's real or not, it's real to her. So that's Yeah, like, so maybe it's like the fact that she believes in it that it happens. And so I was like, the fact that I just read this title, like, has it messed up my entire week? So we're going from that to manifestation now. Both it's of them. Like, Both of them. It's like they go hand in hand, though. Confluence because of... But they go hand in hand because what I'm saying is everyone takes the, you know, they check their horoscope, they take all these personality tests because they want to kind of get a, a, a summary of my personality and my tendencies and blah, 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 right? It's also taking time to think about yourself. So if something relates to you or not, I think that there is value to it. And yes. You just take in whatever is actually real or not. Because if you're taking in everything as if it's real, then you are just misguided, I think. You know? Yeah. But, but some I, people do that, though. Yeah. They're really like, well, I'm a Gemini, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's their excuse for everything. I though, may right? not eat that today. Get <laughs> yeah. away, you know. So that's the interesting thing that you brought up when we talked about this before the show was then it becomes something you can like just pass the buck to. Like, yes. oh, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. It's the moon. Yes. <laughs> or, that, that's like... so real. That actually is something that my girlfriend has said to me. Like, she, I really know that that's like a real thing to her because the moon affects their entire everything. That's why they say a lot of like babies are born uh, when the, the there's full moons and stuff because yeah. it like they're they pulls, are these werewolf yeah. babies <laughs> yeah. well i'm a cancer so my sign or is like my plant my ruling planet is the moon mm-hmm. and they say that cancers are super super emotional yeah because our it's and it's we are like the most emotional astrology sign in the whole zodiac because we our emotions are constantly changing well the hour that you were more. crying before this podcast yeah, yeah it makes sense, sense I, now right? i sent minji an article once about like all the worst traits like here's what you should stop doing as each horoscope sign and for cancer stop crying yeah that's all <laughs> every every horoscope has like a couple sentences like yeah. stop being indecisive and blah blah just go with the flow you know everyone has like an all cancer says is <laughs> stop crying <laughs> and then i looked at it and i was like never yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what gives me fuel as an actor uh-huh. oh. no but i i buy into it to a degree and when i've read things i'm like that is me you know mm-hmm. i read at different points and i'm like oh so many of these things now like there's i know there's the zodiac signs there's tarot the moon, cards there's Your the chinese, chinese zodiac, zodiac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now there's the myers-briggs which is just professional zodiac signs pretty much <laughs> Professional <laughs> <zodiac> <laughs> have you done that no i haven't no have you heard of the people when they do like uh, i'm an enfp like mm. it's it's extroverted introverted intuitive or, oh yeah, yeah i did those yeah. before Sensory. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. like you, you do them for your orientation or your team yeah yeah people to, like, do that see, at, like, yeah their jobs a lot. here are the types of personalities your employees have so this is how you should manage them yeah right so it's so it's easier for people to put us into boxes and yeah. not yeah. get to know but us I more. Say <laughs> on the good on the positive side it helps you like understand okay that person isn't an, a super extroverted person mm-hmm. so you should respect the fact that they're not going to be comfortable doing xyz mm-hmm. but then they give all the personalities types like a really really cool name like mm-hmm. the campaigner that's me the scientist of course mm-hmm. i'm the campaigner the, you know <laughs> like god the hero imagine you know? one of them is just so like disappointing yeah, you know? yeah. like the janitor and it's like <laughs> no I offense to janitors out there editor. but yeah he cleans up the <laughs> loner <laughs> yeah 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 no i'm sure that there is though mm-hmm. yeah but they'll find some cool euphemistic way to phrase it those are the yeah. intjs those are the very by the book metric driven like those are the billionaires, people. you mean? <laughs> I've like they, that's what they've they've done all these personality analyses on on people who are really wildly successful in certain in certain ways. Their parents are rich. <laughs> that's one factor. I don't think they take privilege into account in these things. Yeah, no. but, but yeah, but there's some some people who are like really successful. Like they don't really don't care about money. They mm-hmm. just care about success. Success, like making that next milestone. Yeah, or but whatever. then there's, there's this whole even in the past maybe five years this whole extrovert versus introvert thing going on and like you know i I get it you know extroverts are like always celebrated in media and stuff but like there's this whole thing that started where like well introverts are really smart and extroverts are all like dumb party people well that's what's happening right now that's what i'm saying i feel like we're we are entering that's what dante was saying last week like we're entering the age of nerd you know nerd craziness right Mm -hmm. so being a nerd is like the thing to be well they're also the best at social media so that's also how they're able to handle that to next level right they're able to show how awesome they are more often than someone who's like actually just partying and they're like well why don't you keep up on social media and they're like i don't know how to do this hootsuite (laughs) stuff you know like so it's just i mean the main difference between extroverts and introverts is how you gain energy Mm -hmm. right like you can be introvert still be super energetic just means you need to recharge Mm -hmm. once in a while that's right 
Um, whereas like people like Minji and myself to a lower extent, I'm more of a soft extrovert, but like Minji will be the most tired person during the day, but she goes out to like an event and she can go all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What's that? <laughs> And it's just like what gives you energy. Yeah, I think that's interesting because it's like now there's this middle ground too where there's people who are actually in the middle where they started off as extroverts, but they learned how to be introverts as well to take care of themselves. So that's something that I've had to actually do is because I've been so aggressively extrovert for so many years. And like any time that there was anything extrovert, people were like, yeah, send Anto. And like when I was in college, I would be the person to gather everybody in the in the. You're the rallier. Area. I was the rallier. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah, get ready, get here. And I would be the Roll first out, person guys. in there. Yeah. But I would always just keep going and, and burn, out. burn out. So, like, mm-hmm. at one point, I literally didn't even close my door. Um, it was just open for like four months. <laughs> like, it was like, I just, like, people would come by in the middle of the night, hang out, whatever. I would just sleep whenever, right? And then, um, so that was never good for you. You need to, like, find the time for yourself. Yeah. So, even when I got to LA, first day that I was here, I didn't even go out and do crazy amount of stuff. I just went to Chinatown, hung out, checked it out, and then went back and just chilled out and Look got ready you for being my an show. Adult. You know? It's so it. hard. Yeah. That's what happens when you hit 30. I swear. Like, you hit 30 and then yeah. you're just like, what? <laughs> now I have to take shit seriously. Like, I need a rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Never thought about that before, you know? See, this is what I'm... So coming back to the retrograde thing, it's saying that... <laughs> it's saying that there's going to be choppy communication. So I appreciate that. Because in case that there are other people, again, because it's not all about me, if I believe it, if I ran into your girlfriend yeah, yeah. and she believes it and she like it could throw people off in various ways, whether it's like a real force or if it's just all in someone's head, it really could affect people's ability to articulate their thoughts and they're going to be extra snappy at your whatever. For sure. I'm kind of like, OK, I need to be really attentive to this. I already yelled at Marvin today <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, Mercury's in retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I think it'll be a good again. It's just bringing awareness to certain things. You're like, okay, this might people might be off this week. Just be sensitive to mm-hmm. that, and it just take time hurt. for yourself or yeah. for the other people around you. Be like more open to that because uh, that's the first thing. Like when somebody's going off, you're just like, I'm accepting that this is possibly because of the Mercury retrograde. You maybe, know, like, maybe. I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Marvin, Marvin's like, head is imploding like, right now. <laughs> All right, my Just topic. the idea that it might. <laughs> I, I, I have no choice but to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It was the last 10 minutes of entertaining <laughs> that idea. Um, so my topic this week is, so the World Figure Skating Championships just went on this past week in Boston. Um, and there was a really great article in the New York Times uh, written by uh, Nicole Chung talking about Chrissy Yamaguchi and the big impact she had on her um, when she was growing up because she grew up adopted and the only Asian person with an eyesight, right? And it got me thinking, like, as Asian Americans, and maybe I don't know how, like, prevalent Chrissy Yamaguchi was in Canada. I knew about her for yeah. sure, and that's pretty huge, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But, like, for a lot of us, not only was that when we started the whole, you know, thing of, like, let's get really, really into figure skating during the Olympics, because, like, we're all experts now, but it was she was probably the first, you know, Asian American person in sports that, like, everyone was rooting for you can hmm. feel everyone was pulling for her hmm. right when she won that gold medal that was like in my household at least it was like a huge celebration mm-hmm. right yeah and then from then on you know we've always had asian american heroes in figure skating you know mm-hmm. michelle kwan and to a lesser extent mariah nagasu who you know got snubbed last last uh, olympics yeah but, well that's from korea it's not <laughs> u.s but um but yeah was it as big for you guys as it was for Hell for my yeah. family <laughs> Chrissy was everything to me, and I didn't actually really think about that until you brought it up right now. But she was a huge source of pride for me, Asian female, and from the Bay. Hey, she's born in Hayward. She's born in East Bay. Um, so I mean, that was a huge deal. You know, someone it's like a local hero, but it, to me, it was like a lot of different levels because she's also Asian American, and I just thought it was so cool. But. It's funny, you don't realize the gravity, because I was a kid when that happened, Mm -hmm. when it was all the rage of Chrissy Yamaguchi, but she definitely was someone that I looked up with such admiration when I was a kid. I I think it's also just impactful to take a moment to think about how just because someone is of Asian American descent, then you see them succeeding in a certain thing. Just the idea of something being possible to us to a certain extent as kids, I think that that 
is a huge impact on us. You know, like being yeah. able to see that and you're just like, wow, like because at to a certain point, you don't realize that that's even a possibility for us if you don't see that happen before. So right. that just shows us that we also have to be paving that way for the generation <laughs> behind us as yeah, well. Like right. if they never seen anybody of certain race doing something, it's like we got to also push through and. Christy was basically pre Jeremy Lin. She was Jeremy yeah, Lin before Jeremy Lin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically. Pre Jeremy Lin. She's like the proto Jeremy Lin. Yeah. For all you youngins, because you weren't born yet when she was <laughs> at the height of her game. But that's interesting that you brought up Yuna Kim because I want to say probably like even before Christy Yamaguchi, there weren't really many Asians in figure skating in general. So like might have I, I'm just totally just um just me making wild assumptions but she might have had a, something to do with Yuna t- picking up skates maybe who knows and we know that Yuna being really good at figure skating um is inspiring strong. a whole new generation of South Korean girls to go into it right where right. before you didn't really hear that much about South Korean I actually you know? had a Korean American friend in the Bay Area so when I was in I met her in middle school or like ninth grade but she was actually homeschooled because she was on track to be Olympic skater oh. so maybe she was influenced by the Christy Yamaguchi generation because I think it was at the same time or before Yuna came around so who knows what that again yeah. that's like a random pocket of yeah info. we're just wild speculating right now right it's a, who knows but it's really cool what again what Anto's saying like what becomes a possibility as like as before it was not even entertained as like mm-hmm. that's not reality it doesn't happen it's not yeah that's not how it goes <laughs> Um, an interesting thing from that New York Times article was about, um, so um, the writer said that she had, like, I think it was a Times article with Christy Yamaguchi on the front page on her wall at growing up. But then going back, rereading the feature article, mm-hmm. it seemed like the writer went out of their way to make sure people knew that Christy Yamaguchi was Japanese mm-hmm. and was different mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, exaggerated all the orientalness mm-hmm. of of her that's right? something that i always question now it's like at what point is it too much too right at that point it's like they've never spoken about somebody who was of asian descent who was in figure skating so then they're aggressively pushing it on their audience right yeah. that's watching so then it's good that we know that she is but at the same time it's like when's it too much right so there's always this really gray area that's like in anything to do with race or gender or things like that yeah. that we really are always tiptoeing so it's like it's not um at all to point blame to that first writer if they were the that was the them even taking that um uh to write that article in itself was probably like took a lot of effort to like convince people you know what i mean like so yeah it, it's it's really difficult to really find that like middle <laughs> ground in all of these different articles because even the newest article maybe she was too soft on on uh, talking about christy Gucci. maybe she i don't really you're not know. giving enough credit to her who knows you know, right yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's just somewhere in the middle and i think that that's what's so interesting uh speaking of race um is it's always like this gray area that you don't know what's appropriate or not. We're kind of yeah. creating it. On, I mean, that happened with Jeremy Lin too, with the whole chink in the armor thing. Like, yeah, who knew yeah. if that was intentional? Uh-huh. But like the fact that it slipped through the cracks. Well, you, we know somebody laughed at that. Yeah, De- like yeah. somebody laughed. Somebody at that laughed at that. Sure. And somebody yeah. looked at that copy and thought, oh, "This is fine. Mm-hmm. This is okay. That's clever and funny. <laughs> Let's yeah. publish it to yeah. millions of people." Yeah. 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 Well, this is why I conclude. At least that he was we- Chinese, I guess. It was. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, but it's just like it's just so like to me. I think that that's one thing that's uh, aggressive as well. Too is like him being Chinese was very important for people to know that. But also, th- they already had Yao Ming as well, right? So it was like this weird thing where it was like an Asian American, um, uh, Asian American. I mean that that actually was able to search that so that he could be more like good uh, i guess with um interviews and whatnot too so yeah there was this um it, it took it to i guess another level because at first Yao Ming was from china and then now it was like it's integrated into like the american culture that you know asian americans are now taking it to the next level i'm i need to go reread all of those things again Sorry, that's just like my random tangent. But I also conclude that I would really like to have Christy Gucci be interviewed directly yeah, so you can hear it straight yeah. from her. Who she influenced. Who she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, who and who influenced her and to what degree she feels Asian or not. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I remember there was some conversation back in the day. I remember I, someone brought up Christy Gucci and she's like, well, she married a white guy. Mm-hmm. And so there was that, you know what I mean? And that was, I forgot when that was. I was like in high school or college for me. I remember there was this conversation where they started ripping on her because she married a white guy. How, how so are your she families like with got, that? Are they got her revoked? I'm marrying white dudes. Uh, well, My mom just wants to marry anybody now, so yeah. she's like whoever. <laughs> My, yeah, I think I talked about this way back on this podcast, but 
uh, my parents, because all my cousins married white dudes, mm-hmm. all my girl cousins at least, except for one. One one of them married a Korean dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my mom saw the babies. And it's like, okay, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what it comes. So they don't even, yeah, it's, they're, they're skipping that human being that you're going to be with to get to the babies. That's interesting, yeah. That's the deciding factor. Well, I had a girlfriend before that would, when she first started dating me the first day we were on, she's like, I just really want Asian babies. And I was like, you're not even getting to know so me at all. I'm going to cut to the chase right here. That's right, yeah. You're here for the cute babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad she was honest, but I mean. Yeah, I was about to say. I, was I like, had to bail on that, but yeah. <laughs> you're like, whoa. Take care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me yeah. buy you dinner first or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our roundtable segment. Thank you for uh, the enlightening talk, Anto. You're so welcome. Yeah. Always. And uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about some collaboration updates, but we'll be right back with Anto Chan. Hey everyone, Marvin here. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Collaboration's mission is to discover, elevate, showcase, and connect the artistic and creative energies of our communities, pushing the API story into the mainstream. Thanks for listening. We've got a couple of events coming up that uh, we want to give you a heads up for. If you're in the Detroit, Michigan area, Collaboration Detroit is co-hosting a Lunar New Year Showcase at MSU on April 16th. That's next Saturday. Uh, Check out their Facebook page, Collaboration Detroit, for more details on that. And if you're in LA, the Collaboration Los Angeles team is holding their first creative happy hour at the Arts District Brewery in Arts District Los Angeles. Uh, It's taking place on Thursday, April 14th. Check out the Collaboration LA Facebook page for more details on the event. And those are the immediate events in the next two weeks from the Collaboration Network. Um, as always, you can check out your local Collaboration Facebook page or on collaboration.org for all our events uh, further out. A quick reminder for those of you who want to get involved with Collaboration, volunteer applications are still open. So check out the Get Involved section on our website, collaboration.org, uh, for more information on how to apply. We're looking for everyone from local city volunteers to professional volunteers for our global team as well as writers for our block teams so lots of ways to get involved so let us know how you want to help finally a quick update on what's been going on in terms of collaboration content this week um, this week we have a new episode of our green room series featuring jay jin an atlanta-based singer-songwriter originally from the dc area who stopped by um, during his west coast tour to play a few songs for us we also have our freestyle dance competition from last year's Collaboration Star that went up yesterday. And we have a new edition of our Coffee Break segment going up tomorrow featuring Joe So, lead actor of the Sundance Award-winning film Spa Night. You can also find all the past episodes of the Clockcast at collaboration.org. Um, you can listen to all 62 episodes. I guarantee it's, uh, they're all good. And that'll about do it for this edition of the Collaboration Update. So yeah, let's throw it back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. And uh, now back to the show. And welcome back to the Collab Stop it. Welcome back. Welcome back. He's better. No, <laughs> It's the same voice. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Welcome back to the Cloudcast. I'm your host, Marvin Yoy. Joining me is Christine Minji Chang and Anto Chan. That's Hello. me. Also known as the Punfucius on mm. the Twitters. So mm-hmm. punny. Mm, thank you. <laughs> so punny. Uh, so you're visiting LA on assignment. Yes, I, I shot something at uh, the Comedy Dynamics um, New Wave Entertainment place uh, on... Uh, probably two days ago and it was just it was great the way they treat people and we got in there and they just kind of made you feel like stars and stuff and they get in there's nice like audience and then they're pretty hyped for us and then uh annie kindler i don't know if you know him but he's hosting it and it was just great to be able to feel like the real comic (laughs) in the best way were you doing stand-up or yeah i was doing stand-up so um it was so random how they found me as well just on my website they just like messaged me was like hey we saw this bit we would love for you to come (laughs) down and i'm like 
I would. I've always wanted to go to L.A. So nice. it's just. Uh, is this your first time in L.A.? First time in L.A. Wow. Yeah, what? that's right. Yeah, this your first? Oh that's right. Gosh. But I've been to San Fran, but I've never been to L.A. So very yeah. cool. Yeah. So I guess um. So something I'm always interested in, um, just from my time on the East Coast as well is your impressions of California, L.A. As someone who isn't from here, because mm. um, I found myself having to explain to a lot of people when I was in D.C. that we're not all potheads. Mm-hmm. And we don't all surf, mm-hmm. and we don't go to the beach all the time. Isn't the pothead thing a barrier? I don't know. But th- those are all my favorite people, so maybe you should introduce <laughs> me to those people. Look <laughs> it up. Where are they? Yeah, you're where, like, we're not we? all like that, but I'm like, we yeah. should find those people. But I've met a lot of those people as well, and everybody's super friendly. Everybody has a, um, a cannabis card here, it seems. And yeah, <laughs> so, Yeah, and that's pretty normal. And uh, But I, I really like the people here. I think that there's uh, uh, they're really helpful because I'm one of those people that, even if I have the directions of where I'm supposed to be going, I'll ask like 10 people on my way there, you know? So that's kind of, yeah. I'll well, meet so many people Everyone here is a pro time. at giving directions. That's good. Because we all drive everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I definitely have only been doing that. transit. Um, so that's been pretty crazy. Um, the other day I was waiting for the Metrolink and it just never came. So I was just saying. Yeah, we're, like, not, we're not up to speed with that yet. That's, yeah. a, that's actually a really big project that LA is trying to push. Please yeah. push more. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in the downtown core, like, the metro's great, mm-hmm. but most people don't live because we're a commuter city. So right. a lot of people coming from the suburbs. Really spread out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's but... not the most convenient <laughs> in general. But, but I'm I... glad that exists, and they're yeah. trying to expand on it. Well, I mean, coming from Toronto, which is like an actual city. Yeah, like, I mean, in, in the East Coast sense, <laughs> yeah. like an actual city with like a transportation plan. But there's so much commuter yeah. um, going on there as well. Like we have this thing called the Go Train, and it's the same thing as the Metrolink, where um, people come in from about an hour, an hour and a half out every day for work. Wow. And then they'll take that in, and then um, they they have like a pass or whatever, same thing. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but it comes later and stuff. So <laughs> I, when I was here, I thought that it would go past seven thirty, but it's like it was like eight o'clock, and nope. it was like, wow. nope, not <laughs> we're, yeah, we're so. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine that though. I feel like it's people that are there, and they're like, ah, I'm just done for the day. I'm gonna go home now. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. dinner time. You know, so I mean, no one really like most people don't want to stay at work past five, <laughs> yeah. right? But you have to. <laughs> the people who are at work till five can't get home now because everybody they went don't home. Have the yeah, option. yeah. That, that's. <laughs> but I think besides that, I feel this has been such a welcoming trip. Like the person I stayed with the first night, she actually was out of town on business, and she just gave me her key, and I stayed at her place for like two days. Um, just, nice. be, just like, just people are so friendly. They're they're just welcoming me in the town, and I think it, it feels like I, I got to come back here sometime soon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people. I've talked to multiple multiple people who've come to LA for like a week and just had a horrible experience because they kind of hang out in like the more like douchey parts of LA. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, we always have to explain is LA is not just one place. It's a bunch of different places. People from all over yeah. all here. So Depending it's kind of where like, you are too. It's you know? all about people than yeah. each. Yeah. Where, where's the first place that you stayed? What area do you know? Um, Echo Park. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right beside. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, that's, right? That's area. Yeah. Super chill yeah. and like, Fam, a lot of families and stuff yeah. there too. So Echo Park is where um, the new show Love, the Judd Apatow show that's oh, on, yeah, on Netflix yeah. that takes place in Echo Park. Oh man, I love that show. It's, it was so good. It's such an interesting um, area because you, you like when people make jokes like, "Oh, you're from Echo Park or from <laughs> Silver Lake." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't it's watched true. that. Yet. I've seen the the ads for it. Mm-hmm. I hear it's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it can yes, be for yeah. sure. I mean, Judd Apatow doesn't shy away. He doesn't do like stupid humor. Have you seen This Is Forty? I don't know if you saw that I haven't movie, watched that yet. but it's the same like kind of vibe to it where it's just like some moments are just so devastatingly like emotional and it's just too much a little bit, but you take it and you're just like, wow, this is like uh, what it's like. Being, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then right away there'll be something funny or something weird that happens. So it, yeah. it was really worth the watch and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I should watch. I mean, I can just stare at Paul, Paul Rudd's eyes. <laughs> well, that's, this is 40. He's not in love, but he should be. <laughs> Judd, get on it. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm really happy to have you in LA, and I had no idea this was your mm-hmm. first time here. I figured you'd been here multiple times. Now I just got to do that more often, because next time I come here, I'll be like, yeah, I've been here. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I know I know where I'm going. Let's go to Echo Park. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Toronto, because that's it's funny, because that's how exactly how I felt about Canada. Mm-hmm. When I went to Toronto, I met you for the first time. That trip was my first time up north, and I felt... Like people are so happy here, and everyone's talking like it will come in the winter. You know, they say that about Chicago, they say it about New York, everything. But mm-hmm. I felt like there was such a friendly 
vibe in Canada. I was like, people, maybe I should move here. Everyone's really, really happy. Well, I, I feel like it's connected with San Fran, the same vibe. Like when I went to San Fran, it was immediately I felt like I was in Canada kind of vibe to it. You know, when like, did you go? Um, Years ago. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's, it's not the same now. now. It's oh, now. no. Well, okay. And I'm not trying to talk shit about where I came from because I will always be proud of being from the Bay Area. But the Bay Area that I'm from, I feel like is a little bit different than now, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of the conversation is about with tech and all the money that's been flowing into San Francisco, the people that it's been attracting and all that stuff and the gentrification, which is very real. Um, But I'm glad that you had a good experience because that's the San Francisco. I'll always remember that San Francisco. Maybe I shouldn't go back. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a high school girl that you date and you're just like, Oh man. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We'll just leave that there. No, it's really, it's a really different city though, but um, it's probably more tourist friendly now, friendly now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's not the same. Yeah. Well, it's I, I not think, as quirky. Well, I definitely feel like Toronto's I... Toronto's quirky. Yeah. Mm. There's a there's a quirk to Toronto for sure. I like the also in LA, though, that there people are kind of... They dress however they want to dress. It doesn't feel like... Um, yeah. That's, it, no matter how weird it is, like, that <laughs> excites me when I see people just, like, dressing weird. Were you talking about face tattoos Face earlier? tattoo earlier. I saw, like, five face, face <laughs> tattoos in, like, probably, like, three days now. Yeah. Five face tattoos. What were they? Uh, one had like a number. I think it's like like one twenty. Another had like um. L- sure, it wasn't four twenty. Yeah, it wasn't four twenty. Oh. I would have noticed that for sure. And um, didn't have the tiger one from. Hill. No tiger. <laughs> oh man, I do. Not gonna lie, when I saw Mike Tyson's face tattoo, it was like, oh no. But after a while, I was like, oh yeah, that's Mike Tyson. <laughs> that's so Mike Tyson, right? That's there's no. Yeah. He's so that face tattoo. You know, like yeah. Well, I mean, this is the generation of tattoos to go off on a tangent, but I was the um. There were. There was some article about like tattoo artists. There's actually got a casting call today for like people with sleeves. Like, they want a specific look. And I was wondering, how is this all going to look 50 years down the line mm-hmm. when we're all wrinkly and then have sleeves? Yeah. You know, and like how are the youngsters going to. As long as the tattoos aren't just to be sexy, like it's yeah. actually means something. I oh, think yeah. it'll be like whatever, you know. I'm it'll... not against it. And that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's become a, like it's a totally normal part of culture yeah. now when I see people. I don't. I mean, all the more reason to keep working out yeah yeah older, true true right? yeah. i mean don't let them there, sag y'all there's some old people that like look good yeah yeah you know? no one wants mm-hmm. to see a saggy tramp stamp yeah okay? that's true <laughs> just saying well my girl has um actually both arms that's covered and then her she has like one on each leg and then she is like just tattoos everywhere so she makes up for me yeah so it's like every i think that's part of like um the next generation though that's happened now i think tattoos are just so normal they're so and, normal and it's just like little pieces of art the way she looks at it, it's like they're just little stamps you yeah know, like but i'm so curious as them. to like how you feel about them years yeah. after yeah, yeah. when you're not in that same mindset <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. very very permanent i mean if you're in the in the right quote-unquote mindset I mean, you're thinking that far ahead, mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully, yeah. Or you're just yeah. totally in the now too, and I, you're just like, I, yeah. I think this I got to bring. How was when I was twenty? Yeah. Well, I think I got to bring something up. Um, when I was eighteen, I got a tattoo, and uh, I was copying my brother's tattoo, and uh, he drew it out for me, and then I brought it in, and then um, it was supposed to be like me making it into my Chan family, so it's the Chan symbol, right. and then I brought it in, and it was a, a white tattoo artist. Um, I bring that up, uh, a Caucasian dude, and so he, <laughs> he drew it out and i was talking to this girl at the time and then he ended up putting the tattoo on me and then the next day i'm walking around in like a you know tank top feeling all strong and that kind of stuff <laughs> and then my sister sees it and she's like you know your tattoo's wrong right so i have like the tattoo on my back still with an extra line in the the tattoo and it, no. I, it's been on me for since i was 18 years old so what is it so i've had say? it for there's no word that it, it oh. looks similar to it but like it's wrong. It's like one of those so, white people Chinese tattoos. Exactly. It literally <laughs> is like a, a Chinese tattoo that's wrong on a Chinese man. So I'm li- like, if a Chinese person saw this, I would be the ultimate disgrace of everything. However, um, I kept it on. I've had multiple times that people are like, you should just cover that up. But for me, it was just, it, it reminds me to not just copy my brother and try and be like him <laughs> because I would just be a shittier version of my brother. That's exactly what it <laughs> felt well, like. See, that was the purpose of this <laughs> that, whole thing. That's what it felt like. And I finally realized that, you know, and it, it's on my back too. So it's like, I don't always have to look at it or anything. But sometimes when I need that reminder to like, I got to do my own path, like do yeah. my own thing, you know, I look at it and I'm like, 
you have failed other moments, but you could, <laughs> you could, you could come back stronger. You could come back stronger. That's you can also use the trick. You know, other people. Like, oh, it totally says. You know, they don't awesome. know exactly. Yeah, they have no. And then they'll yeah. get it. Yeah, have like a wrong Chinese tattoo on them, <laughs> and they start a revolution. That's yeah. so funny. A wrong tattoo. That's probably a Tumblr that exists some, yeah, somewhere yeah. out there. Has like a. It's like accumulated all of the wrong yeah, yeah. tattoos. Oh yeah, there is actually. I've seen it. Yeah. it's like that says chopsticks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, that would be a great one though. <laughs> It would say fighty, yeah, chopsticks on it. Yeah. But I think that's very admirable thing. And again, you're you're being a very positive person out of making something very meaningful, more meaningful. To I, I think life is like that though. Like yes. if you don't put meaning to the things that you're experiencing, then what's the point of totally even living agree, it? Right? Yeah. Like it just seems like it's passing you by, and it's totally like agree. everything kind of means something. Yeah, right? even, I put even meaning even in everything. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. fun of me. Even your catastrophic failures are <laughs> yeah. there to teach you not to do those things again. <laughs> and that was definitely a catastrophic failure. Like yeah, waking up to my whole family trying to sneak and look at my tattoo. Like in the middle of the night, I turn on the light, and all four of them are there, and they're like, oh, and they just ran off like scattered. Like, <laughs> and then. The next day, I was like, "What were you guys doing?" They're like, "Nothing." Like, and I knew they were trying to see the tattoo, right? So, yeah. You're like, here, here. <laughs> yeah, just look here, at it. Sister probably it. told you, yeah. like, your dad's like, "He did what?" Yeah, for sure. That's like... what it was like. Yeah, it was definitely like that. Oh so. my god! I love how we totally went down the tattoo yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's a great so hole. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think my family still has a problem with tattoos. Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my brother. It sounds like your family was kind of your your brother kind of paved the way so that they're yeah, okay yeah, with it. Exactly. That's kind of the older older sibling's job is to like go out and scout and like take all like the hits mm-hmm. so the younger siblings have it a little bit easier. And then throw, to throw me under the bus whenever it is that good too. For- <laughs> that, that's also that's also that's the perk. That's that's, that's, that's what the, the balancing. That's what, that's what we get. Yeah. for like taking like it's retribution. You know, you're so that's so true. He took the hit for me so that I could have just been average so that I could be good at other things. Like <laughs> that's what it was like in school. That's I remember what it, was. it was like probably last year. I was sitting with my mom and I was telling her, you know, like yeah, I wasn't sure. I got like. 50 or 7 percent or something in this like test or whatever and she's like at least that's a pass right and i was like you've never said that to me in my whole every other time was like it was so aggressively like no if it's not like super high marks like she flipped out right but then it was like how far we've come you know like since that like it's the it's the gradual lowering of standards as you get older i think i think i made it okay to get a b in high school because Mm -hmm. i i convinced them like well i'm in honors so that's technically an a if you like, you know, take the GPA bump. Mm-hmm. And then so from then on, bees were okay. Yeah. You well, know? that's so good of you to do that. Yeah. Because I think that any time that my brother did pave the way for something, if I screwed up in that, that's when he would throw me under the bus. Because uh, it was like, you saw that I already did this. What and is you, wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong? Exactly. <laughs> it was like, what's wrong with you? You should be better than this. You know? It's, so like, I, think, I just want to be like you. <laughs> yeah. That happened for so long. All I wanted to do was be like him. You know, my whole childhood, I felt Aww. like, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. So and then after a while, I, I realized it was just like um, I couldn't just copy what he was doing because I it was even like in um, grade school when he was in grade six, everybody called him the king of Marvel. So he knew everything about Marvel characters, anything like any of the video games, any of the comics, any of the cards. He knew everything. He got people to trade and stuff like that. They would ask him. But then when he left, everybody thought that I was like. The new Second king of, Mar- they were like the prince of Marvel. Yeah, prince of like, Marvel. That's what it was. The king of yeah. Marvel's gone. Yeah, they, live the king of Marvel. Yeah, they, they called me the prince of Marvel prince or whatever. And then I was, so they would ask me and stuff, and I would literally like just trick people so that I can get like my friends would be like, I'll give you a Dunkaroos if you ended up uh, telling him that that's a good trade. And I'm like, sure. And then I would use oh, my powers. You abused for, your power. I abused it immediately. That's that's how all like it's so bad to admit out loud, but I was that person. Like I immediately abused all the power your, like all my of brother- your grade school friends like that <laughs> bastard yeah it was the two years that my brother spent like building up this like empire. empire i destroyed it in like two weeks people are like don't ask anto anymore he's clearly just tricking he's people like shit, i am he just so know. full of dunkaroos and like it's like anto gained a lot it's like um it's like a snack where you it was don't like know what dunkaroos are? i don't oh, know man. what dunkaroos are calm down they're <laughs> like yeah they're you know those yang yans Okay. Like the Chinese yang yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the white version of that. Okay. They have little yeah. like characters in, and then yeah, you dip a, it into like, like um, frosties. Like, okay. Uh, frosties crackers. Sauce, they made yeah. commercials for the sell sugar so to children. Good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could really go for some Dunkaroos right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> let's hook it up next time I see you. I'm gonna bring some. Wait, so do what does your brother them? do now? Uh, he's an actuary. 
So he's the successful one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually uh, actually the roads diverged. Yeah, yeah, and he he owned um uh, like he has like a condo and all this like he's literally like legit person and <laughs> he's an adult. He's a fully yeah. fledged adult. Yeah. <laughs> While Anto's off making jokes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you and I, I are went... both middle children, and we're both like the black sheep artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went the artist roots, you know. So, but I think that it, it's there's a I I always thought that in a in a negative way, but then I realized at a certain point there's a lot of value to what it is that I'm doing as well because oh, yeah. um yeah whenever I I still remember back when I was uh, with my. Um, my grandfather passed away and at that, uh, at his funeral, literally nobody wanted to speak at all. Right. So my actual not caring of what people think and stuff, I stepped up and I was like, I have to say something, you know, like mm-hmm. he has 13 grandkids, five daughters, um, his wife, like all of his customers from his restaurant and everything. Nobody wanted to say one thing about him. Wow. It was just like that thing that you're talking about, us being the black sheep, whatever. It's like us being able to be comfortable with somebody looking at us negatively in that moment. It kind of like made it so it was like, you know what? Even if this goes badly, it doesn't matter. I need to do this. Right. And then right after that happened, it was just like everything changed in my mind, you know, because it's like I didn't see that there was value to it before. And then when something like that happens, it was like, oh, like maybe I'm supposed to speak not just for my family, but like for other people who also maybe can't speak too. Right. They, ha- they have an opinion. I know how much they love this man. Like people were freaking out when he passed away, but he was like, there was no actual, uh, in, in that moment, somebody who was able to say anything. So it was just like, I think in that time it, it kind of forced me to think about that and be like, okay, well maybe that's my path. You know, that's like, deep. yeah. And, and that's- he passed that on. I felt like he was able to pass on like my voice. Now I, I feel him all the time. I know it's weird, but no, it's like it's in, in what, yeah. in what I'm doing and stuff like that, it's like, he inspired me a lot in that way to share myself. So, and that's the great thing about just like comedian comedians in general, it's like comedians, their job is to make jokes, but jokes based in truth. Like mm-hmm. their, their truth, their observations. And sometimes you need someone to say things that you think, Mm-hmm. Right, that you might not have the courage yourself to say, but like that guy, he was he He'll represents represents. Which me. can be a double edged sword. They're all like leaving it to him to yeah. say because they don't want to say it. But and that's kind of how I'm like the most. Emo- <laughs> this is what I had to explain to my family down the road because they're like they thought I was crazy. I was like, no, just around you guys because you know no one can mm-hmm. really ever make you feel the things that you feel when you're around your family. Like, everyone else is you're like a wonderful person with, yeah, yeah. And then you're around your family, you just like unravel, yeah, really yeah, quickly. Yeah, and, and it feels like you're a monster to a certain extent <laughs> compared of. to them. But that's how I feel um, because it's like when when you're you're living such a different lifestyle than them, right? Like I'm surrounding myself with yeah. a lot of other artists and people who are creating in this realm, right? And they're all doing creative things for their lives but to my family it didn't make sense for a really long time what i was doing you right know? it's just so alien get it yeah yeah it was but that's also very valuable because i think that my mom finally uh recently has connected to it and, and just been so supportive of what i've been doing and i think that that when that changes i think that it really makes sense because it's like as if i'm pushing her to evolve as a person as well like because before this she would have not seen this as a successful whatsoever right but i still feel so confident in what it is that i'm doing that i think down the road it's going to make her realize like oh wow like there's value to what it is that you're doing and right. it makes a lot of sense, you know? And so. it's not the same as your brother's actuary job, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be different, for, for you guys, it's going to be different markers of success and sure. fulfillment. But that's, it's funny, like I appreciate that with my parents because it was so, first of all, that was a big hurdle to explain to them, like, first of all, I'm not nuts because it's really just you guys. It's not, <laughs> it's not me, it's you. Um, but it's, the, it's the moon. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's the, the moon, moon and it's you. You guys are insane. You drive me nuts. But like oh, that so helped cool. me mature to be able to to stick up for myself. And like when I kept doing collaboration against my parents, like my dad was never down for it. He just thought it was a huge waste of my time. And every time I like it challenged me to be introspective of like how much is this worth my time? And then always when I'm by myself, I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But when in front of him, suddenly it would diminish. And I'd be like, I don't know how to even defend myself because you're looking down at this and at me in such like this real way that you mm-hmm. can't avert gaze mm-hmm. and then it had to it made me me grow up as a person and like defend it You're like you don't understand i would like you to understand and that's taking years of this mm-hmm. but um it made me evolve as a person just like take ownership of what i want to do and uh, like really accept this fulfills me in a way that you really just don't get but i'm gonna have to stick to it and show it to you because you're never gonna get it from this one conversation mm-hmm. So that's been like the evolution with me being the black sheep and then also being really like stubborn and confident that 
me being so extroverted and so like loud and nuts and like literally my family goes like oh the noise is back (laughs) (laughs) i like being that person though i like kind of infusing my energy into my family like let's go somewhere let's do something well because it forces them to even the little snippets of that that they get like in one day if you're crazy for 10 hours one like literally one minute one of your families could be a bit crazy with you they'll remember that for years yes. it feels like like they'll bring it up later and be like hey remember how awesome that was when we did that thing and you're like I thought you hated me that whole time <laughs> right but in reality you just were having such a good time like and I, I really do love having that much fun with my family you know yeah. I think yeah. it's necessary to like bring that hype to them you know to celebrate we're the you know? hype men yeah we're the hype <laughs> yeah. people yeah <laughs> Isn't that usually like the the youngest child thing, like to be like the crazy one for attention or? Depends. Well, the middle child syndrome, let's. It's very (laughs) normal. Yeah. It's like we're more aggressive with it because the the baby child always ends up getting that anyway. Spoiled. And then they're like all the things that they, especially there was a huge gap between um, my brother, um, me and my sister. Um, When she came along, I think that it was like they never had a daughter. Right. So they were like celeb. They were so excited to give all that daughter love to her. Right. And she was the baby as well. So God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of like that too. Like like, when you came like, oh, it's another boy yeah <laughs> i guess we'll save all this love for the next one <laughs> yeah yeah well, or the granddaughter whatever <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's so interesting that's why i have a i have a unique middle child thing because i'm the only girl mm-hmm. and yeah it's just been a unique journey but i and i was baby for 10 years before i became a big sister so i definitely went through the brat stage of like yeah i'm the queen and everything <laughs> me. That, that, that's over i didn't know um, to degree. <laughs> depends when i guess yeah i feel like all the little parts of my personality throughout my lifetime they pop up out of nowhere sometimes now because it's like it's still part of you even if it's like back then oh, you're yeah. like oh i've overcome this but it's like in certain moments you're like no you know like you're like <laughs> that still same there. kid you know still yeah i feel there. that for sure marvin's probably like always been low-key i feel like have you were you ever like a crazy child have you ever had like a crazy era? A crazy era? Yeah, where you just like kind of <laughs> went absolutely nuts, rebel, or you know, where you couldn't even control know yourself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I've always been independent. Like, I've always just decided, like, I'm gonna do this, and that's just that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about going crazy though. Yeah, probably not. Even in your answer, it was not crazy at all. It was so like, <laughs> so like. Bro. I mean, I think even in my benders, like I kind of stay in control <laughs> as much as I can. So I don't. Can they be your benders? Yeah, but I mean, like yeah. in compared to other people, it's like sometimes I'll wake up and I don't even know where I am, and it's like not even from. Like, I've always <laughs> been the quote unquote responsible one in like our group of partiers. Like mm-hmm. I'd be the one like making sure people got water. Mm-hmm. Even when I was really fucked up, like, yeah. just like, here, you need to drink this because you're the, worse than me. That's the funniest when the person who is helping everybody else is super wasted as well. And like, they're just trying their best, yeah. but it's like, clearly everyone's just failing together. Yeah. And then back in college, like, I'd wake up early because like, you know, when you're drunk, you wake up early mm-hmm. and then I just you didn't clean sleep. the house. You need, yeah. You, you know? never slept like, well. You're like, all right. Pouring all the cups and making sure like breakfast is ready for everyone. Let's write my yearly manifesto <laughs> to talk about all my dreams. I'm yeah. funny because in regular life, when I'm sober, I'm super mother hen and mm-hmm. driving every. I'm usually DD, yeah. but when I get drunk, I turn into the youngest child. I'm like, I'm just not irresponsible. I just fall asleep places. <laughs> like someone has to take care of me. I feel really bad, which is why I don't <laughs> like it. But I tell everyone how, how I love them and mm-hmm. that they need to go for their dreams and that they're a unicorn. And I'm like, okay. And even if that's – it's so funny because that sounds like a joke, right? But in reality, that is so important to tell people to go for their dreams. I know that's, that sounds like ridiculous. <laughs> no, but like, it's so real. continuously let people know that it is possible. Like that's yes. – it's so easy to like kind of just like dismiss that. But yeah. it's like it's, – it's important for us to actually – emphasize that 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 is something that we should be thinking about and even if you whatever amount that you want to be doing it if you have a full-time job and you just want to do it once a week or take a class or whatever it's just like take those steps because yeah. there's got to be fulfillment in your life if well, you don't like you yeah just, it's also important it. to understand that different people have different dreams and like it's really easy to say well as artists like well 
you're not following your dream, but maybe they mm-hmm. want to be a doctor mm-hmm. to help yeah. people. Maybe they want to be a, you, an actuarian. I, I totally know? agree. And you can never tell somebody that that's not their dream because only they know, right? And yeah. it's what fulfills them. I've known m- multiple people who were like, yeah, my entire dream is to be like the best engineer because I want to take it to another level. Other people will be like, well, that's so weird. But it's like, yeah. whatever your dream is, like there's... That's house- how you get Elon Musk and Teslas, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. And, and that's why... I, um, that's why for me with collab, initially it was all about just artists, 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 which is still my touch point because I consider myself one and that's what is most personal to me. But having have gone down like the pre-med route, I was like hell bent on being a doctor because I still really love that world. And I have so much respect and admiration mm. for people and a little bit of jealousy. Like when my friends are in med school, like taking physiology classes i'm like oh you need to write you need to just write a tv show or yeah, a movie so that is all it. about doctors where you're a doctor not, not so just play it sick. but you can research that stuff so that's kind of what is is you got to kind of play with the whatever you're in right. and connect it to all the other things so as an artist you can connect to these doctors that you know and then you could pick their brains and then that'll help you write your that's what i was you know. saying so when i went to so last year we were part of the uh, society for asian scientists and engineers conference which is they have collegiate chapters like 88 schools oh, wow. in in the u.s and so they had their national conference like thousands of kids and i got to i was super honored the the ed convu he actually uh, invited me to do a, a session with the SAIS volunteers. So the kids that were running the conference, I got to wow, sit and talk with them awesome. for an hour. And I, I did this whole goal setting exercise, this vision board stuff. And I was, we went around the room. It was, kind of, it was a smaller group, but I wanted to ask them like, well, what is this like, what is the dream? I asked this to everybody. What is the dream? Um, and a lot of them were, you know, they were there and they knew that I was from a creative background and I'm there to talk about creative Mm-hmm. careers and um, being an artist and things like that but all of them are very very set like I want to be an engineer I want to be mm-hmm. um, the person to revolutionize clean energy or whatever I'm like that's mm-hmm. so save cool the world. Yeah, that that's is awesome. so cool you know mm-hmm. and I think that there's such a connection between people separate because they're like oh you're Hollywood and you're an entertainer and you're XYZ right and I was like no, they're reflecting real life. I'm so into mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. It's not a separation at all. I think that and that's, like, that's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Well, I think that that idea of separation, I think it's so much easier to control people if they're everything separate. So then it's like, okay, this group of people will think like this. But once we start seeing that everybody's just human and we're all going for our goals in different ways, the more open that we are to that, then everybody could start modifying their past to make it so that it's customized to just them. Right. And that's what we're all going for, right? Is that we want our lives to be the, our best life. Not not just the best life in general, but it's just for us. Each person's life is yeah. going to be completely different, right? And like I've talked to housewives who are completely satisfied with their lives. Like they sit at home all day, hanging out with their kids, cooking They're meals, so and they're so happy, right? And and it's just whatever it is that each person chooses. I think that we need to be supporting that, but also doing it in creative ways. We got to think a little outside of the box now, too, right? Like we yeah. can't just be following paths that everybody else has followed. You know, like would you be happy being the next Christian Gucci only? You know, like that. Yeah. Like yeah. I know that that's. <laughs> it's like, and then yeah, and then um, and then Minji and I both know someone who you know her kids are all grown up and gone gone to like college and getting married, and now she's like having fun all the time, you know, volunteering. By the way, today and, it's technically Monday. It's it's her birthday. So oh, happy birthday, Amy Lou. Happy, we love you. Happy birthday, Amy. Happy birthday, Thursday. Amy. <laughs> she's amazing. No, and she she contributes so much to every different Asian American organization because she can. Mm-hmm. She has boundless energy because she feeds off it. And it's it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And All she's right. a mom, and she's like happy, and she works too. She's yeah. like, she has, like full-time she job. has a full time job. With it's crazy. Oh, if, if we can have just a portion of the energy when we're, you know, oh yeah, that sounds bad when we're her age. But, you know. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's that's that's a podcast, guys. I feel so inspired right now. <laughs> I love Feels your good. energy, Anton. Thanks, oh, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us. I have, we haven't even asked you to make a pun at all. Oh yeah, well we can do that. You could give me any word. I mean, get asked, out. get to ask you how you got into comedy in the first place. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a conversation for next time. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna have that. you come back. Yeah. Um, if people want to find your stuff, Anton, wait, do, do we get a pun? Yeah, we can yeah, do yeah, one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So give me a word, and we'll write one. A word? Yeah. Any word? We we create it on the spot. Okay. Um. Bridge. Okay. Um, saying this joke was very bridged. <laughs> that one didn't work. That's a slow clap. No, there's only two people here, so it's, it's okay <laughs> if, it, if it's with no one. That, that's half of puns, actually. It's just groans and uh, 
in, yeah, so that's uh, part of it. Uh, you know, there's a, I guess, mental condition that has yeah. a German name that's about like a dude. Weichenschlutz, where yeah. you can't stop making jokes and puns. Yeah. That, that but then is very when real. other people make jokes and puns, you don't. You don't laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only your, only your puns. Yeah, are only your jokes. Yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh-huh. uh, if people want to find your stuff, Anto, where can they go? I have a website, um, www.antochan.com, and um, this seems crazy to just have a website, but it's, it feels good to be able to, I guess, uh, communicate with anybody who wants to get in touch with me. I have uh, Instagram. It's Anto Punfu. A N T O P U N F U. I like the F U part, and um, <laughs> and then also uh, Twitter's. Uh, uh, at Punfu, uh, Punfu Master, uh, P-U-N-F-U-M-A-S-T-E-R. Nice. Yeah, so. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, one last thing before we go. If you want to send us an email, um, you can send that to us at podcast at collaboration.org. Don't be shy. Send us any questions, comments, feedback, or just talking points you'd like us to talk about during the show. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a quick review and rating. It really helps us out in the metrics. And for the rest of you guys, make sure to share us with people that might want to hear what we have to say because we're here for you. This has been amazing, by the way. I've really enjoyed myself. Yay, so I hope I'm you guys so know that. Yeah. To work this out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again to Jane Real uh, for letting us use her song for our intro and outro. Uh, the song is Self Interrogation off her new EP, Hashtag Undone. Find that on SoundCloud. Uh, for the Collabcast, this is Marvin, Minji, and Anto, and we will see you guys next time. Latrice on the Menje. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs>